I'm here. I'm ready to listen, let my mind go places I didn't realize existed. At the end of this podcast, if it takes your mind anywhere close to where it takes mine, and you feel like sharing or contributing, please go to thecognitiverampage.com and contribute, donate, keep feeling that change. Welcome to Cognitive Rampage Podcast. Hope you're taking care of you. Hope you're living your cognitive rampage. Uh, click that link below. Follow on Facebook. Back on the podcast, doing live. I still think that's weird, though, when I'm talking and doing it live on Facebook, and then you're listening to this podcast like three days later. Okay, maybe it's just me. Trust myself out. Um, but the book's out, in case you haven't heard, in case I haven't talked about it enough. Uh, the Cognitive Rampage Second Edition, A Scientific Approach to Self-Discovery, Change in Life Optimization. You can now get on Amazon, the Kindle, and all the other fun stuff. And if you want to, if you like what's coming out, if you like the subject here, the product here, I don't sell anything. I don't sell T-shirts. I don't do that shit. I have a book. That's what I do. That shit was a lobotomy to write. Um, so, yeah, I sacrificed my left leg to do that. So <laughs> outside of that book, um, if you want to donate to the cause, just go to adamlowry.com, click donate. You can do it once or you can set up for something monthly. So anyway, the podcast travels all the time now and to get certain guests on to buy new equipment, all the fun stuff that comes with it. But to the podcast, my guests, as I referenced earlier, two active tribe of change members. If you're not in the tribe of change, just look at, look us up. We're a closed group for certain security purposes. Uh, there are moderators that are set up on it, but it's a Facebook group that you can find. Ask to join. Whoever accepts you is going to do a little research on you. You're going to look at your profile, uh, report it to the CIA. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we'll just hack you for a little. No, we don't. I quit doing that too. Um, anyway. Join the tribe of change. I love it. I, I remember when it started a long time ago when I first created that thing like two years ago. But uh, before I get into that, Alex Price, Sarah Hope, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Adam. Good. Everybody clicked and it was so smooth. I was like, all right, sometimes people struggle to be able to use the what we use at the first time. It was beautiful. Everybody just went, of course, I was late as usual. And <laughs> and I links went in, boom, everybody jumped in. I was like, this is beautiful. Beautiful. It is. It's so neat. It's technically, you know, I've had a couple of tribe of change members, uh, but I were I was really connected to them already through somebody else, etc. Um, you know, like Shannon Haggerty, uh, Maddie Martin, etc. They came on, but I was connected through them through FP people uh, rather than just people I met really that are in the tribe that we that we brought on. And we do Facebook rampages live. Uh, I'm doing those every week now. Not that you all already weren't active as shit. I mean, uh, you jumped in some of my live videos, Sarah, and just said, hi, I'm a sacrificial lamb. Tear my shit apart, you know? And so what you all did is I know you, you're always active anyway. And that night, the very first weekly rampage we did, uh, asking the question, what's your biggest fear? Uh, you two are always active as normal. And at the end, I'm like, yeah, why don't we come on and chat about it? That's don't, yeah, don't worry about turns. Just fucking go. <laughs> so are we going oh i'll pick it back up because i'll finish i can narrate the shit out of it because i have this whole movie role playing in my head of what it's like and i'll i'll start back to when i started the tribe of change all i started doing with that is when i had a guest on the podcast i would just put them in this closed group of tribe of change so i could stay in touch with them send them t-shirts or whatever say hello 
uh, book them more easily next time. And then it was like, I like what that dude says. I like what that dude says. And then I was like, man, man, whoa, I like this. And then people, it was so crazy to literally watch. I mean, we know that social media is constructed to put those around you that believe like you do, but it's fucking wild to watch that algorithm over two mm-hmm. years. You know, when it was like 34 people, now it's like 2000 people. And I was like, what? How the fuck? Who the fuck? Where? <laughs> it tripped me out. And then when some people too, that don't post a lot, they just lay back in the weeds. And then all of a sudden they just come out of left field with some shit. And you're like, Whoa, who the wait? Well, who the fuck is that? And Oh, I just felt so good not to feel so alone, I guess, even if it's just a social media connection like that. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. I mean, whenever I first joined the tribe, first of all, I had no real idea who you were because I just found you through Naughty. And uh, all of a sudden I'm sitting there going, oh my God, these people, they're thinking. They're thinking the way (laughs) that maybe I want to be thinking. Maybe I'm not quite thinking like them. Let me go check out what they're doing. And uh, and I've been telling some people in my class, I'm like, yo, if you want to come check out <laughs> some ways of challenging your paradigms, come check this out. Yeah, so. that's what got me. I meant to, I was going to actually ask you both that. I had to see, I don't prepare, right? If, and if I do, it doesn't go out that way anyway. So uh, the main one question, here's how I prepared. I was like, I put deep, long thought into starting the podcast. And I went, what? What brought you to the tribe of change? How did you get in? What what happened? And you're already there. Yeah. Yeah, you brought me in. <laughs> Did I? I? I think you added me. I think you added me as a friend and then you added me into the group. And I have no idea why you added me into the group. So that's my question. <laughs> <It's> my- <laughs> ah. Ah, I love it. Uh, I we, we have a formula, actually, that we kind of follow. The vetting that I was talking about, uh, uh-huh. kind of real. Uh, so it's myself and, uh, and others that pull back on a profile. Uh, a lot of fake, fake accounts too are created under uh, certain names that look legit at first. Um, and usually like that, we look at mutual friends, shared friends, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, probably cause I saw it through Naudi as well. I've connected with a lot of his FP family. Uh, can't wait to see that little fucker. Missed the shit out of him. Like, I'm like, come back on. It's been a while, man. We're just me and you chatting shit. But, um, that's how you got on. It was crazy. It is crazy because most of the tribe is extremely smarter than me. And I find it like I get worried. I still do. I've talked about it before to Maddie where I'm going to share this shit and I'm like, nah, let me ease up. Let me read about seven more fucking articles where I post this shit real quick because somebody's going to fuck me up. <laughs> somebody's going to eat my shit up, man. It's like Stephen Blower, I think. And I'm probably saying it wrong. He's deep cerebral cat, Maddie Martin, you two. Uh, and there's so many different views. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You there, Sarah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm listening. <laughs> I'll get my chance. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, I'm not worried about that, man. You'll throw that shit out there. I ain't scared yeah. about that. How did you come how'd you come to be? Um, In the tribe. Sorry, it sounded so fucking weird, right? I'm like tea from coffee, Lena. How'd you come to be? Well, my my mother, my father. <laughs> I actually like no. I, I really, in thinking about it, it's kind of a cool story, in my opinion. Um, if you remember the infamous Hurricane Matthew here in Florida last year, I yeah. uh, was just kind of messing around on the internet, randomly found your um, Pulse podcast. and um, Oh, shit. That was beautiful with Dr. Parker Mott. Right. Yeah. And um, that, like, I, you know, I had had, like, a lot of, I mean, I didn't really know anybody personally at Pulse, but I mean, it was literally in my backyard, like, you know, Orlando, like 
the community I live in, like we're all very close people and it was really tough. It was very sad and just more and more things unfolding about it. Just, you know, it was hard to deal with. And of course, you know, this is in October when I found it, I believe. And um, I just listened to it and I kind of, I remember I walked around in the rain just listening to you guys talk and I just felt so like much better. I was like, I got to get more of this, got to listen to more of this. And I've never been into podcasts or anything, but like I, I was hooked from that day. And then I guess I had heard you talk about Tribe of Change within the podcast. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll see if they'll like let me in. And so I did. Yeah, it did definitely not a let, let you in. Cause I hate, I know it sounds like that, like some anonymous, like crazy shit. It's not about like letting in as much as we're trying to protect what's in you know, is, is not really vetting the person themselves, but it's really seeing, is it, is it a troll coming through really? Cause I mean, just today, the conversation between, uh, uh, it was a Jason Hess and, uh, who's he talking to? Is that the one about, uh, when they were talking about that, the kids doing exercise? Oh, it was stuff. Matt Sheen, Matt Sheen. It was Matt Sheen and Jason Hess with two completely alternative views that a look on something found common ground. It was like, shit, this is, this is the shit. Like this, how you guys do that. You know, sometimes we get off the rails, man. There's a couple of people that get off the rails and I've never kicked anyone out. I don't see it like that. I'm kind of like, all right, if you want to be a dick long, there's enough people here that think alike that are really going to point that out. They're going to be like, you're kind of being the dick here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's nice to have a tribe, right? Because we're tribal people. We're tribal creatures. And I think a lot of us tend to feel really out of the communities that we live in. You know, I'm from New Orleans. So everybody's kind of on their own little world of party. And yeah. Is that what it's like? Tell me more like what it's like down there, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, you'd be driving down the street and all of a sudden there's a spontaneous parade that stops everything and you're trying to go get something done and you just got to wait it out, you know? So some people are like, oh, protesters and they're so annoying because they're in the street. I'm like, guys, we're so used to it here. It's not protesters. It's just some guy having a party and everybody joined in. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there's some comedian, isn't it? Hannibal Burris, I think, talks about uh, that you can go down there for $300, have your own parade. You can. I, I work weddings, and, and uh, all the people that come down here to do weddings, they get the second line a lot of times. And we walk through the corridor, and you know they block off the streets, police escort and everything, and it's just for a party. <laughs> What's the best part about living in New Orleans, man? Uh, I don't know. Everything's like... 10, 15 minutes away. And that's really nice. I know that that doesn't exist other places. <laughs> and, um, the spontaneity of creativity, I think is really beautiful here. Uh, people come here just to kind of sink in and that's really different than other places. You know, it's a swamp. So we have that, that feeling where you come here and you sink in and you kind of go with your, your bliss and your joy or, or your pains and your aches and you do what you want with it. And that's really, I think, unique for this place. It's different than anywhere else. If you haven't been, come on down. And me, you, and Jack, me, you and Jack can hang out. <laughs> I hear that, man. Jack Cruz is always saying the same stuff, man. Come down and hang out. I, I've been there uh, two or three times in New Orleans uh, the last, I don't know, four four months. Every time I showed up, it was raining. I'm like, yeah. it's, it's gloomy here. I'm like, what's wrong? I'm like, but everyone I met, I did say it at the end of that road trip driving out west when I had to drive basically uh, from New Orleans, kind of north and south, all of Louisiana before I, I cut across. Everyone I met was so fucking nice. Yeah, they're they like were, immediate they family. Were, 
Yeah, it was, they would crack a joke right off rip sometimes, you know, or just, or be really polite, some ma'ams, yes, sirs kind of stuff. And that was South Louisiana all the way up, you know, that whole side. I was like, I, and enough to where I took away from it, enough to where yeah. you're like, yeah, people are polite in the South, sure, but motherfuckers were way nice, you know what I mean? Not like that, not like that. I go to the grocery store somewhere up north because my dad's from Detroit, or I'll go visit somebody and I'll be talking to everybody and saying hello, and people are like, why are you doing that? <laughs> like, I don't know, that's just what we do. We just that say is. hi. They're like, but they're strangers. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. You get the look. Where are you at, Sarah? I'm here. I'm here. I'm just, Mm-mm. I don't want to step on you. Where you live? Like, where do you live? Oh, like, I'm, uh, in, I'm in Winter Garden, man. I had a little hood come out there. So, so where are you at, man? Where you stay at? <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Sorry. I live in Winter Garden. I'm oh, sure you're I, familiar. Oh, I am very sure that it's right where my uh, lovely West Orange High School was nestled in, right there in the hearts of Winter Garden. It has changed dramatically, though. It's like Winter Garden and then the edge of it. There was always like two parts you did or didn't want to really be around or certain times of the day. And Winter Garden has really turned around and become a a totally different city. And it's like Okoye seemed to have let loose of the strings a little bit. Am I being nice? Yeah, I don't really go to Okoye. (laughs) See, it used to be the reverse. Years ago, it was like, yeah, I go over here to Winter Garden um, or to the school, right, and careful around these areas. But now it's like, no, I go to Winter Garden. I go around Okoye. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I've lived here, I guess, almost five years. And um, it has changed a lot. And, I mean, I think, like, like I was saying about the community, like, the community in this area is amazing. Like, there's a lot of really nice people. Um, Really, like, for me personally, like, they're very into, you know, being a part of the local community, be that business or, you know, like, just participating. And so it's kind of, you know, the old tagline, a small town in a little bit of a bigger town. But I mean, there's there's so much going on here, dude. I mean, and it, and it's it's growing. I mean, we're gonna be a part of Orlando here in the next couple of years. Like, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's uh, I was just through there when I was living in Orlando for a little bit. Took a ride out there. Shout out to Juan Hernandez, love you, brother, and a couple of my other friends that still stay uh, out there. And actually, Dr. Parker Mott lives out that way. And you were mentioning him on uh the Pulse thing. I do gotta say that was you know his idea from the start, right? He came in there prepared, noted up. We we're going deep into some some uh, psychology that night, and pulse had happened. He's like, "Look, man, I, I think we should just you know talk. It's too much, you know." And I was like, "Yeah, man, let's let's go, let's roll." And yeah, so shout out to to Doctor Parker Mott for that too. For sure. Yeah. Oh, tell me some more. I mean, what it was, since we were talking about like where we live or where we're from, right? I mean, I think we all agree being in the tribe that there's no perfect place to live, or do you think there is? I don't find there would be a perfect place. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a real weird world that we live in right now where the perfect place is everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know? I was going to say uh, winter garden. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What, what is most important really for where you choose to live? Oh man. Uh, I guess just, what you do and, and the people that you want to connect with, I, you know, the, the kind of communities that you want to be a part of. Uh, but also, I mean, some people just stay for family. I know a lot of people here, they want to stay around their family because, you know, that's their life is being around their family. And so, uh, and I've actually been thinking about these ideas a lot lately because I go back and forth between leaving this place 
or staying. And sometimes it feels like change doesn't happen very quickly in the place that you've grown up. Uh, so you want to go move to where the progress is, right? Uh, but when do you take on the responsibility of being a part of the change within your community as opposed to running away from it so that you can go just be happy in the hills somewhere, you know? Mm. So that's been a, a real, a real big question in my life for the past couple of years. And every time I think about leaving, the universe kind of looks at me and says, not right now. You got work to do, boy. <laughs> Stay. <laughs> what do you think, Sarah? Yeah. I mean, uh, like home is where you make it, right? Uh, there's probably not going to be any place with the perfect temperature or the perfect house or the perfect view or whatever. But I mean, you, you know, you've got to go in there and you got to say, what, what do I want this to be for me? I mean, and you're the only person who can control that. So, I mean, I like, there are many reasons why I love where I live. Um, but m most notably because I have made it a place I love to live. Like, so mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's important, I think, is where you carry that happiness in your heart. You know, my favorite movie, just hands down, I guess, uh, probably not for one-liners or anything, but um, is the movie Into the Wild. And that same idea, right, where he talks in the middle about how society always has deemed it as running away, what he was doing, rather than uh, simply just traveling or being or being alive, that misconception that if you don't buy into the uh, be here, you know, grow something, do something, et cetera, in your proximity that you're running from some responsibility. Right. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it can be seen kind of both ways. So if you're an extreme in one way or another, I don't think it's healthy. Right. And he found it to be unhealthy in that movie. The very last moments of those, that movie, it was, you know, it always brought me to tears that moment where he carves it into the bench and he says, you know, these experiences are not li worth living without the ones that you love. And I think that's a really important point, right? So you dude, can, dude, you can I just, I literally but, just watched that, bro. You're yeah. so on. I, I, many people that go like, I hate that movie. He dies at the end from something. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but, I haven't seen it. So thanks, Adam. No, uh, no. <laughs> it's still no. worth watching. <laughs> and please get into, I'm sorry. I should have said spoiler alert in the beginning to people, but my, my, no oh, man, I hate the earmuffs then. And earmuffs, Sarah. <laughs> I feel bad okay. even going further. It's okay. I'll go and watch it. I'll, I promise. It'll be home. Well, uh, we're going to have biasy now, but when people that don't like the movies say certain things and I go, wait, you're not, you're not listening to a message. And because it's a real person, it really happened, right? What I really love to do is learn from older people, learn from people that have tried things before me so I don't fuck up the same way or at least fuck up as long. And I just kind of go, okay, so if somebody was willing to walk that path and came to the realize, you want to talk about living, man. You know what I mean? The man is living in that short time, right? So if you're really looking at what you reference is moving out to the place, right, just taking care of yourself and being happy. I mean, he followed that. He did in all that. And then to write that, it's a happiness and, and, unless it's shared, right? It's right. not yeah. Yeah. shit, man. That That for me is where I was like, I like that advice, right? It's uh -huh. like. You know, I, I dig that part, man. I, I, I really do. And so that idea of that you say home, right? Sarah is where the, the heart is. That's where the best place is to live. And I always say that anywhere you want to go, somebody's trying to get the fuck out. And I, I have found that anywhere I went to this city or that city. I'm like, oh, I love it here. And somebody's like, oh, I'm fucking out in three months, man. I'm almost out of here. You know, and you're going, wait a minute. What's this? Wait, what? 
and trying to find that perfect place. So other than uh, the family thing is so big too, Alex, right? It's just, that's kind of what we do driving through middle America, no offense, where there's like seven houses per 80 square miles. And I'm like, why would you, why would you do that? And I get it. If you're self-sustaining, you got your family or something, right? I'm no, no hating. Cause I contemplate that still, you know what I mean? Yeah, Live in that yeah, perfect yeah. place too. No, no disrespect. But then you're like, that's right. Cause somebody's grandmother, grandfather, grandfather's right. We just follow that, that sense of connectedness. Mm-hmm. And do you think if someone does move around a lot, right, that there's a connectedness lost within a community or can someone travel around maybe and, and affect their proximity wherever they happen to go? Uh, I think for me, I've seen it happen both ways. You know, I, I tend to be friends with a lot of acrobats who travel around and teach. And because cool. uh, that's the world that I semi come from um, and yoga people and all this stuff. So they, they travel all the time. And uh, I know that some of them struggle to feel like they have any grounding in their life because they're constantly traveling to create community in other places but it, they do end up having these amazing connections with people. And when they go revisit those places, you still are able to have those experiences with communities. But um, I think that there's a time and place for both, right? You can't, you can't say that one person has to be grounded all the time if that person needs to fly to grow, you know? So it's really important, I think, for a lot of people to go experience those things, but not run away so far into the wild that they can't get out. Right? <laughs> oh, I, mean, I see what you did there, man. I see what hard. you did there. That was good. Yeah. And, and I, and I know that for me, every time I think about running away, cause I want to do it all the time, right. I want to go create this perfect Venus project life out in the woods somewhere. You know, I went and I met Jacques and he's living out in the woods and he's got all these buildings and his models. But yeah. every time I think about it, I'm like, yeah, but there's not enough people here. <laughs> right. And I'm an introvert. And for me to say that, that's crazy. Because I'm, yeah. I'm like, I want to be alone. I want to be out in Sedona, <laughs> right, where the energy is. And and you got to bring those people in, I think, or you got to find the people that want to be a part of it, kind of like you're doing with the tribe. You know, you're finding the people that want to be a we're, part of this cognitive thought. We're doing. We're we are, we are. Yes, I'm sorry, Adam. I know I say you all the time. <laughs> Not me. Uh, I just I just hit create group. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it in the physical realm, uh the way that we're we're all trying to do it on on the internet realm, you know, you can run towards one thing, but you got to you got to bring people along for the ride. There's 7 billion of us. And I'm meant to do it alone. <laughs> that's a lot of fucking people, man. 7 mm-hmm. billion. Oh my god, that's crazy. Go ahead, Sarah, jump in. Well, it was kind of funny, like the thought of a, an introvert wanting to be around people. Like, I mean, it just kind of speaks to like the evolutionary, you know, perspective of, you know, human beings as social creatures. I know it's pretty like base level there, but like, I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting thought. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it because like, I mean, I like being around people. I like being by myself. Um, but I could, I would totally be down for just living out in the woods. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like, but at the same time, yeah, I can see after a while how that would be like, okay, I need to talk to somebody, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I like, it it wasn't like some hugely eye opening experience for me, but I actually went like on a solo vacation slash trip for myself last week. And I was by myself for like three days and 
Um, I was trying not to use my phone, like all of this other stuff. And it was hard. It's very mm-hmm. difficult in like this connected world we live in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like that was one thing I learned for sure is not really that like I need my phone to survive, but like we've kind of created that for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're already, it seems like we're already tapped into it. I mean, social connections is definitely been proven on tons of levels uh, of being possibly you know, uh, causes for things, lack of social connection. And, uh, I feel the same, the same way, uh, at times I, I like to handle it in groups, uh, giants, thousands of people hurdled and, and huddled into one place. Eh, not the best person there. You know, I, I love it, but I, I think probably too lasting, uh, PTSD where I'm like, all right, I'm on guard. There's 2000. I'm watching exit B behind yeah. me. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, we're having fun. What was that? All right. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that's, that's something I try to work on, I guess. But then like smaller groups, like when we were in Sedona at that dog park and we sat down and we were there for like two hours, I was waiting on mom and D to get back to the store and such an eclectic group of people came and went in two hours with different t- kinds of dogs from show dogs to what the fuck is that to, um, in different, uh, generations, totally different generations. And I got to sit there for like two hours and I kept bringing up conversation, you know, get people talking. And, and, and if you saw, I think I posted a picture, all the white chairs ended up in a circle sitting right there in the middle of the dog park in the sun when they were all kind of scattered and they got pulled together. And, uh, from, where each person came from, right? There was a guy who'd moved to Sedona. His name was now Sky, right? And he's flinging the ball with his show dog poodle. It looks like it's eight foot tall, you know, shout out to you, Sky. And just, I still remember a few of the conversations I remember that you get to share about where people live, you know, what, what's missing for them, what's connection from them. And, you know, for me, I've personally been, you know, been doing that a lot, which is basically on the walkabout kind of travel, be here, be in the desert, be out there, um, and figuring where I want to land that at. And I, and I've been pondering lately, like one, I know there's no perfect place I'm looking for. But I've been really accepting the fact to where I think I'm okay with being the guy that's cool with living in a place for a year or two or five or six months. And then I'm like, I'm going to go live over here now. And for some reason, I think I've fought that for so long being, well, no, something's wrong with you, Adam. You got to gotta have roots. I read a meme today. It's fucking with me, you know, and uh, all of the things that we want to be connected. And you're like, shit, you're right. I probably... I should do that. And then I'm like, I really want to go surfing for like a year. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it's crazy. It's a, it's been difficult, you know? Well, yeah. And- not like, sorry, go ahead. No, go, Sarah. Well, I was just saying like that kind of brings a thought to my mind, like nomadic peoples, like just for example, in the Middle East, like those people, you know, they don't hold like onto one piece of land. Like that doesn't mean anything to them. What matters to them is their tribe or, you know, their their group of people, their family. And it's been that way for thousands of years. And I mean, that's not going to change anytime soon. And so they, you know, it, it, it's like, again, what I said, home is where you make it. Like it's about those connections with people rather than, you know, the, the land or whatever. Yeah. I'm glad you went full circle right back to what you said, right? Is, is it's where you take it. And I think a lot of times, uh, the people around me that love me sometimes look at me and they perceive it as I'm running from something. That's why I referenced the end of the wild movie where it's, I'm not running from anything as I am just living wherever I feel like I like, I want to go there or go there. And I'm not saying I'm doing this on some, uh, biohacker Dave Asprey level here. Uh, no one's chartering jets and, and shit like that, right? Don't get it twisted. I'm not 
not living on the high horse wishing, you know, it looks like that when you're just being like, well, I'm in this city. I'm in this city. This motherfucker is not jet setting just to be fucking clear here. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a flat out minimalist, dude. I fuck, I minimalized three more bags last night down uh-huh. into one, uh-huh. you know, so the way I kind of are able to do it, it takes, it, it takes a certain type of sacrifice. I think a lot of people that do choose one life, whatever that may be. And then when you look across at it, you're like, fuck, man, but that looks so cool, right? You know, all these bloggers that travel bloggers and see the world and, you know, do the money, right? I think people may, that work a local area, like to stay home, like the community, et cetera. And they kind of go, man, that would be awesome one day, right? And then I promise you that blogger traveler person is looking back once in a while going like, Man, it'd be fucking nice just to like come home to my bed, you know, like every um, night, you know, or, or something exactly. like that. Yeah. And that's the paradox we live in, right? We live in this world where, where Facebook and social media, you see what all these other people are projecting as the best thing ever. And it makes you feel like your experience is less. It makes you feel like you need to get out of your experience. It completely takes you out of the present joy. I think it was what Aziz Anasari's stand up. He talked about that and it was hilarious. He says, I'd be fine apple picking with my friend Bob or something. <laughs> but then somebody offers me Usher tickets, and now I don't want to go apple pick with Bob. <laughs> and and I yeah. think that's hilarious because it's so it's so real to what's happening right now where before you wouldn't have this thing where you're looking at your phone and you go, oh, man, no, that looks more interesting. Hey, buddy, I'm not going to do this thing I was going to do with you earlier because this is more interesting to me all of a sudden. You know, or you're sitting at home and you're totally content with sitting and breathing and doing nothing and just finding that meditative space. And then all of a sudden somebody says, oh, we're having this amazing time over here. Now you're not content, right? And that, that all of a sudden changes the dynamic again. And, uh, and so I think of all this travel stuff, it's really just about what, what's pulling you, what's, what's creating your passion and where, where do you want to share it? Do you want to share it at home or do you, do you feel like you need to go travel and share it elsewhere? And, and I think that's Ooh, important. I love question. it. I've been schooled twice now, man. I love it. That's what I said, man. I fucking love it. I get advice from Sarah, put me in my place about what the travel is. And then, and then my boy Alex coming in, sneaking in the back window. That's <laughs> like, yeah, bitch, this is this. Oh, man. See, I love it. I love that shit, man. Yeah. That's what we're here for, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. It's funny, right? And you're like, I thought you're the mental health guy. What the fuck? You <laughs> you're supposed to teach me, Adam. Man. <laughs> You know what, like, this is so important for our mental health, though, like, just getting together and talking about whatever, I mean, like, like we could talk about, like, the flecks of paint on the wall, like, who cares, let's just talk, you know, let's, let's, like, say what's on our mind, that's, I mean, not really, like, we were going in this direction, but, like, that's the problem with mental health in this country, in my opinion, is nobody cares, like, no, nobody just wants to talk, like, it, ugh. Just do it. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The, the purging of, I think that's really what is driven. I think the podcast or the videos, anything that I do is like, I'm totally experiencing it myself. Like I said this morning, I'm like, look, I'm you're practicing. I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to myself. I'm honestly there. So I think what's led it to be authentic or at least deemed that way by some people is because I'm literally like sitting out on the porch, having the morning and I'm like, the fuck, you know what? click that i'm talking shit you know i'm like yeah it's fucking to me too i'm talking to me too you know that exact moment of going fuck i'm i'm thinking like this shit and then i'll be and then i'll be and i was like what the fuck am i doing yeah and then you you come on to just kind of do that i i try to encourage everybody on the tribe of change really uh 
to kind of start moving that thing to also video vlogs to where I'm not the only one just doing the video rampage for a minute to where somebody else just, you know, cause I know some long winded motherfuckers in the damn drive. I know it. Yeah. Uh huh. Just to throw up that video and go like right there in the moment, man. I, when I was young to this shit, I was cutting it on when I forgot to put a shirt on or some fucking shit. Uh, I mean, I'm like bald spots kind of showing like in the front where I'm losing the hair, like right here. I'm like, what was I thinking, man? I'm like, just <laughs> popping a video on. Like, it's like, what the fuck? I got, t- I got shit for that too for a while. Uh-huh. I do think about that sometimes, Adam, whenever you're just like sitting outside drinking your coffee or whatever. I'm just like, what was he doing five <laughs> seconds before he went live? Like, that he is just like on it, like literally on this rampage. Like, what <laughs> happened? <laughs> Nothing. It's, I. It's Sometimes it's the smallest shit. Like I, I try to really watch my mornings and definitely because I believe it to be, it's that much more influential, but my, how I wake up influences my whole fucking day. So if, if I wake up in this, that's why I can never work out in the morning. Fuck you. It's not happening. Uh, I'll surf. I'll go surfing in the morning at 4 a.m., but I'm not going to get up and run. I'm not going to get up and go like, all right, let's get the day going. I'm just not, man. I'm going to sit in the sun for a minute. I'm going to pet my dog. I'm going to play some, uh, probably some music or a podcast. Normally I'm playing like BBC or some shit and I'm just chilling. And I don't know. I usually see something or hear something and I'm like, yeah, fuck you do that. And then I process it for a little bit and I go deeper in myself and I'm like, look what you were doing. You asshole. No, now you're going to get yourself. You know what I mean? And it, it comes off. That's why sometimes I come across like I'm talking to like you and by the way, I'm inventing a new word. I say this shit all the time. I say GU because I'm tired of talking to somebody and I say you and they're like me. I didn't, I didn't do this shit. I'm like, no, like the general you. Mm-hmm. So new it. word GU. So now when I start my little mm-hmm. rampages, I'm like, and then GU begins to think this because people are like, why are you talking to me like that, man? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's you're being the observer of your experience, right? So that early morning time, it's such a beautiful time because everything's still, everything's still. You know, the people aren't awake yet. The people aren't moving really fast, you know, because I come from a world and this will drive some of the people crazy. I come from a world where it's semi-metaphysical. Things are energy. And so if you think that everything affects, you know, the wavelengths in the air, you've got people moving around really fast people starting to get on their cell phones, people starting to do work. And when that happens, it's harder for this to work, in my opinion. That's what I find. And as a musician, it works really well for me when I'm writing that it's either early in the morning or really late at night. And so you're sitting there early in the morning and I just see it. I see that moment where you're going, I'm observing my life. I'm observing my experience. I'm observing the deeper me. And then you're asking yourself those questions. And then you're like, maybe this will be helpful for somebody else. And you click (laughs) and you turn it on. And I think that's beautiful because that's, that's one of the the greatest uh, things we get to experience in life is that observation of our own life. And it helps us grow. And people need to be spending a lot more time doing that and maybe vlogging just for themselves. Even if they don't post, it might help them create some reality because it'll give them something to talk about or someone to talk to in those early morning hours. It's kind of like that write in a diary thing, but on a more visual auditory scale. Or how they say you can learn a lot by listening to yourself talk, learn a lot about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's why I watched the video to make sure it posted and <clears throat> it's not fucked up. And then I go, oh, my God, I'm like, I should I should fucking delete that right now. And then I quickly share something really f- nice or everything. OK, to look at like a fucking badass wave surfer or some shit. I'm like, look, here, nice stuff above here. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain down there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it, you're leveling it out. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry I yelled again. <laughs> try not to do that. I try to start out all calm, right? Where I'm like, I'm chilling. Hey, I'm just talking. We could work on this. What the fuck is going on in this motherfucker? <laughs> so, Alex, when, when will I see your next video, man, on the tribe? Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll just try to, to pop on and, and not be scared. I get I get that same feeling that you get where I'm like, these people are so fucking smart, man. <laughs> and what am I? You know, I'm this kid that's sitting here teaching yoga, which is already a scary thing because I'm talking about philosophies that are way older than my ass. And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, and then I'm interested in that whole paradigm shift of, of why are we doing something challenging tradition and and all that. So then I here, I know that I'm going to post up and I'm going to say, Oh, here's a challenge that I've been thinking about, about tradition. And I'm going to get back flack. And I would be standing there trying to defend myself because my ego's in the way. And, you know, so I get so nervous about posting that kind of stuff. I'm like, maybe I'll just make a little group for myself that they already trust me. <laughs> right. And so, no, this is good because when you said that immediately, I went, I knew it because I've been thinking about posting on the tribe, uh, doing a, doing a video thing. Because we've been having some really great talks. I've been teaching this seven-week course that just finished up um, on yoga, and we did like zero asana, I feel like, for the majority of it, which is the physical part, because there's so much more to it. There's this whole expansion of uh, philosophy that's trying to help you change the way that you interact with your environment and with yourself. And some of those talks were amazing, and I'd love to keep talking about those things with people. Uh, so maybe it'll be something like that. I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe you I mean, I do your own podcast. <laughs> I just don't have it in me right now, Adam. I don't know. You're a brave man for doing this. <laughs> no, you, it's been in you this whole show already. You can't deny that shit anymore, man. You got. You know what I heard? I heard watching yourself on video is really good. Hey, <laughs> don't throw my shit back in my face. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying, Sarah? I was just saying, I mean, I, I'd be totally down to uh, hear about, like, the ph philosophy behind yoga and stuff like that. I mean, I've done it, but never, like, been introduced to that whole side of it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And well, it just yeah. seems like a really cool, like, I mean, I'm all into history and, like, uh -huh. intellectualism and all of that. So, I mean, I can, I can definitely, I would at yeah. least read it. <laughs> it seems way more interesting to me than the physical part as I grow as a person, you know, after studying this functional pattern stuff and applying it and doing it all of a sudden the yoga stuff, I look at the physical end and I go, Oh yeah, there's probably some other thing that's more important about this. And that's the reason it's lasted so long. And, uh, and I find that the physical stuff, I, I've been trying to look at the body as an antenna, right? So we have this antenna that we live in and if it's like rusty and messed up it makes it really hard for us to to hear you know some people call it god some people call it your own consciousness some people call it the universe it's really hard to hear that stuff as you're being distracted by all this dysfunction in your body and so you have this antenna and what happens when you move an antenna on a tv you get different frequencies right and so when you look at the physical practice of yoga if you're looking at it from the standpoint of exercise and physical fitness, a lot of the times I, I can't agree with it anymore because of the things I'm learning. But then I go and I do something and it changes the energy in my body because I've changed my antenna and how it's pointing and how it's facing. And I breathe and meditate in that, that space. And all of a sudden I feel different and I have different 
cognitive stuff happening in my brain. And, and I'm kind of interested in diving down that realm and less into the realm of egotistical Instagram pictures of me doing a handstand or something crazy. Right. And uh, I think people are missing it in the West when they're practicing yoga a lot of the times. And I, and I want to maybe start moving in the direction of waking up the deeper parts of it. Uh, cause man, Naughty's got movement on lock. It looks like <laughs> we don't need, we don't need to put yoga into the mix of that as much. And, and, uh, if you want to practice it cause it brings you joy, that's one thing. But if, if you're trying to fix your body, I just don't see it the same anymore. Uh, and it's I, think that, probably, I, I think you'd probably be a better person to determine this than me, but it sounds like he's getting into a flow state. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why I'm just, just sitting. I'm just sitting back watching Buddy rampage out, man. I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm talking about even just while doing the yoga. I mean, it's yeah. it like obviously like a form of meditation, but it, I mean, for you, it's clearly gotten way deeper than that. Yeah, and and I think that uh, so I did yoga for the first. I've, I've I only practiced maybe like one or two times in the past couple of months because I got injured from yoga again. And oh yeah, don't, yeah, there's the, I can hear the FP my my people no, are, exactly. you know, and, and they're right they're right and uh, and so I I jumped into FP again and I just started moving through it and it fixed me really fast right I had stuff that should have been you know surgery well, I, I like steroid injections but but I I did I did yoga again for the first time in a little bit um, this week. And what happened was I popped out of it and I, I just felt like a little kid giggling and happy. And I removed my ego from it, right? I didn't practice to try to get more flexible or more strength. I just sat in a position in my body without having to push it into any deeper place of dysfunction. My body could automatically go to that place. So I went there and I breathed. And that meditation uh, created something. And then the next place that I went to, and which is called an asana, I went to that place and I meditated and breathed and, and that changed. And so, yeah, that flow, that cognitive flow, that, that meditative flow, that uh, physical flow is very different than using it for exercise or correcting dysfunction in the body. And uh, I, I find it useful in my life. And, and I'm, I'm happy that I'm finding another place for that to exist without creating pain. And, uh, and using exercise as exercise, you know, that's, that's something to breathe through, right? I think that idea of when it's linked to a, a, an insecurity, a, a self insecurity of some kind, you know, if we're putting this effort into because we're like, all right, I gotta look like this, or I gotta lose weight now, I gotta be healthy, you know, pushing those supposed to be's that we mm -hmm. get from so many angles, I think is what takes the fun out of doing what it is and also not wanting to hurt yourself. Right. Or, or do that. It's why I think some people are like, I'm doing CrossFit. It feels fucking good. I don't give a shit. I get great endorphin feelings from it. Right. You, you get that push. We have social connection, right? We're there and you can like, all right, I mean, do that. It's if you're getting that, but you got to know the trade off, right? You got to know, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm willing to trade the back 10 years of my physical existence off exactly in a possible short term to feed that. I mean, as if you're aware, then it's your own choice, right? To, to go exactly. beyond that. I like what you talked about though, man, is how it, it, the spiritual practices, I'll drop the word first, right? That, that spiritual connection that it, it creates for you going to that place, going through that routine, being in that moment, man, if, if that, like, I love to say, if that's what works for you and brings you there, uh, I think my mom always says there's never a job you you never you never have a job that doesn't pay you 
forward in the next one, right? So you work something else like, damn, I'm glad I did that 10 years ago. I know how to do this. And experiencing yoga like you did, pulling from it what uh, you found to be effective for you and using that. I, I love to watch people do their own experiments, even if, you know, some of those may be scientifically wrong, but pull in, I love this part from this. I love this part from this. And I've constructed what I like to do to find those places in my own cool pattern of how I do that. It's sure. like we're all we're all little theorists in our own little science experiments. I love that shit, man. Right. And what is what is science but just a way to explain the magic that exists in this universe? <laughs> so so how can science tell us everything? Because we can only experience stuff through our five slash six senses. So hey, there's other stuff. Tony <laughs> Wright Tony Wright says it, right? He's like, How can we study a brain with only the brain that we've been given to study it with? Right. So exactly. it's, we can only know as much as we know to study what it is we're studying. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm trying to loop of words. Yeah, I'm trying to get Tony back on too, man. And he had he's some. I wish we had a better connection. That podcast, man. He dropped some stuff. I'm like, we're moving backwards. <laughs> we're getting dumber. We're we're devolving of some kind. I was like, uh, holy shit! I, I gotta uh, stop don't get me that. started on that. <laughs> oh, see, I'm like, that's why I'm like, I gotta stop doing these podcasts, man. I'm having weird dreams because of people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm tripping, man. Reptilian people are coming out of congressman suits yeah, and shit. Like, yeah. I'm like. Ah, uh, this is too much, man. I don't want to know. Uh, uh, I'm my telling mom you, it says more sand. I need more sand. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I warn people, man, before you jump up in this shit and you start interviewing this expert and that expert and researching all this stuff, man. Alice ain't got shit on this Wonderland, man. You you fall down rabbit holes and stuff. You're looking around like, wait, what? In a what inner 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 celestial fucking what's happening? And you're like. <laughs> I don't even want to research that to think that I even had to research that to see if that was real. Right. Right. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? and I get that thought of all I know is that I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Right. And it's That's so hard. Part of life though is like the pursuit of knowledge and saying, I don't know, but I really, really want to, please let's talk about it. Like that, that is like the best thing because we don't know. And it's all about asking the questions, like mm -hmm. finding the answers. Sure. Yeah, the asking part is is kind of becomes the fun part, but at the same time is you know I, I love the the line the greatest strength greatest weakness is uh, it's I talked about it with David Schumann too a little bit when he was in the studio is about how to first kind of wake up if you will we have to start asking the questions thinking more using the rational and reason to get up to another spot where eventually we then realize all right i have to not be so cerebral and be able to let go of the cerebral i've learned to come to count on to then move to another level spiritual connected energetic wherever people want to use that place in order to get there and so it's like, wait, what the fuck? Why do I got to build it up? You know, that's why I kind of use cognitive rampage, spiritual rampage back and forth. And I right. think they do go back and forth. I had to first go on my spiritual rampage, at least for myself. And then it cultivated the cognitive rampage. Now I've been way down the cognitive rampage and I'm feeling like the spiritual rampage pulling me back this way and being able to like flow and, and walk with whatever that, I don't know, man, I'm getting the fuck out there. They're both the same. They're both the same. <laughs> Um, because, because what happens, and, and this was really funny that you say that because I just finished taking a course with a Buddhist monk on meditation and, uh, it was really funny. He, te he taught us about meditating on the six senses. And as you meditate, you focus on each of the senses and the object of the senses. So your eyes see the object of seeing, right? Um, and then he says, yeah, now forget all that stuff. You're supposed to close that stuff off. 
<laughs> so we did that for two weeks. And then he says, nope, okay, so that's, that's the bullshit that you're not supposed to do. But you need to have that observance and that awareness to be able to do it. And I think a lot of times we're not, first of all, ready to go to the awareness place because we can't confront it. And then second of all, when we get to the awareness place, we can't take the responsibility of doing something about it. And that's, that's kind of the curse of awareness is, is responsibility and having to take action. You know, I try to make my motto, when you know better, you do better. But, oh, it's the hardest motto in the world because cause then I'll be sitting there eating chocolate cake going, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, know, I know better. I know better. It just feels right. so good. It just feels so good. So it, you can know all the knowledge in the world, but what do you do with it? And I think what you do with it is what really matters. So, yeah, I can know that, that the yoga stuff can, can beat the crap out of your body and destroy you. Uh, but I also know some of the other sides of it that, that is really beautiful. So then what do you do with that? Well, you create your own, your own version of existence that works for you. Um, and then just trust. Just trust your intuition on that stuff. You know, And don't try to tell everybody else that they're wrong. <laughs> just so that you can feel better about being right for yourself. Ooh, ooh, dropping it, baby. Yeah. Do you hear that? It was I like heard cannonball. Yeah. Dropping that shit, man. I mean, it's it's at Jeez. some points we feel like it's the individual, right? The, of what our individual experience is, what we create it to be, what we pull from it, and then trying to mix that with like what we do know, right? Of factually about things and what we don't know. I think that was leading a lot into what we were talking about that night uh, of our biggest fear, and I I kept. Even at dinner, I realized it that night, including my own fear and mostly people's fear that I was reading that night. I could be generalizing, but uh, somebody will call me on it. But most of it was based in something we had almost absolutely no control of. Whatever that fear was, we literally and I that's the only common thread I could extract from it is like, wait, we're all all of our biggest fears, although different in specific definition. We truly don't control it at all. <laughs> it's almost impossible to even be able to do that. And I wonder what part of that discussion brought you all in most. You want to go, Sarah? I mean, it was quite a night. Um, I honestly wish I had gone back and watched it because it was, there was just so much that happened. I mean, my biggest thing was, yeah, I mean, people saying, you know, I, I think, you know, these intangible things to be afraid of. And it's like, well, if you can't control it, why are you letting it control you? Mm. And like the and, you know, to what I said that night, which I think is so applicable all over the place, you know, about changing yourself first and the rest will follow. Like, I mean, you have to, you know, and and this is like a mental training thing, I suppose, is like, uh, you know, just rewiring your brain just saying, OK, I have this thought. I'm going to, re you know, say to myself, I know that this thought is irrational or this fear is irrational or whatever. Why is it creating this feeling? What is this feeling? You know, blah, blah, blah. Carry on. Um, and, you know, and then learning to, to just change yourself. And, um, and, you know, then, you know, it's not foolproof all the time. I mean, like I, you know, get anxiety over stupid things, but it's nice to, to be able to say to myself, okay, stop it, <laughs> re rethink this one and, you know, go on to the next thing. So, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it's one of those things that I'm so interested in because, um, fear 
tends to influence our triggers and our behaviors. And so whenever you started doing that anxiety talk and talking about all these triggers that we have, uh, I started just thinking about my own stuff, right? I'm thinking about, oh my God, all these triggers. And, and it's the hardest thing to look at yourself and ask that question, does this fear and this trigger still serve me? You know, cause it, it protected me for a time. It created safe space. It got me out of really scary situations. And, and now I'm looking at it hurt other people. And for me, my biggest trigger, right? It was hurting other people. And so recently in my life, I've unfortunately had the rude reality of trying not to hurt others, but then bam, trying not to hurt others actually hurts them way more than just hurting them with the small truth, you know? And so you start creating these, uh, what, what you would, would you call it? Like a withholding of information because you're afraid of hurting somebody, which is the same as a lie. Right. And that, and that can be just as brutal, if not way more brutal than just taking the risk of hurting somebody. Cause you can't choose how somebody's going to react to something. And here I am trying to sit here and, and, and choose that reaction. Right. So how arrogant am I? And, uh, and so listening to all of you talk about your fears and your greatest fears, first of all, it was beautiful to see that vulnerability in everybody. I mean, that was amazing. And then to, to hear how irrational it is and then to laugh at ourselves right and say oh my god you know i can't believe that that stuff controls me so much um but then even further what do you do what do you do what do you do you sit there and you you observe it and you try to create new behaviors when those things pop up or or do you just look at it and say you're a part of me you know i like that well some people it may have been you that said that uh the fear is fuel and that maybe are we scared not to ask the questions that do fuel us, those impossible questions to the fear or fear that impossible that perhaps we uh, forget that it, it drives us, right? No worries. That the biggest fear that we have keeps us driving, right? Keeps you in your passion, keeps you in your job, keeps you in your marriage, keeps you in uh, the life you chose, right? That maybe we're afraid that uh, if we do let go of that fear, if we do recognize its irrationality, that maybe we let go uh, of what we're in for, right? And I'll come transparent as, as I always do. Uh, well, I try to, can't say always, that's irrational, as I tend to do. And the idea of going... This podcast, fueling the fear, because I think my fear response was, uh, they asked me at dinner that night, it was real quick, I have witnesses, <laughs> that uh, I responded quickly is that uh, humanity, humanity does not wake up in time and my daughter and other children will have to suffer that. And I was like, for, for one, someone said it was selfless. I'm like, no, it's not. My daughter's included. No, I mean, it's pain, it's guilt. I don't have to feel. And if I let go of that biggest fear, would I continue to push TCR as hard as I do, right? For no apparent reason, right? Trying to connect people, get so whatever it is it's meant to do to at the time it does. And so I wonder that if I did shed that fear that I have, that I, since I know I don't control it, and let's face it, I'm fighting gravity, and this little podcast is not going to stop the role of corruption uh, at all. I mean, <laughs> at, I mean, we can kick it as it's rolling over our feet all at the same. You know, that's kind of I've been swinging hard as shit, dude, and I've like I barely spit on the fucking thing. Right? It's gotten worse. I think. I think I'm fucking fed the blob or something. <laughs> And you keep doing that shit. And I do, I, I, I do wonder since that night when I said, man, if I did let go of the irrational fear that I could actually make any effect in that corruption, would it still fuel me to get up 
and go, fuck it, do the fucking video anyway and record the podcast fucking anyway. You know, I, I fear that. Do you, do you think if, you know, we do that, we keep the fear there and alive because it is, it's drive? Well, and this was one of the questions that I wanted to ask the tribe um, is what motivates you to do good? Because uh, it was one of the favorite things I ever studied in college and I'd love to like talk about it as an adult. Um, is that motive. And we studied through multiple philosophers for a long time about what those societies used as motivation to do the right thing or to do good for each other or to act out of compassion as opposed to acting out of fear. And you have to ask, I think, what motivates you um, to do these things? What motivates you to, to do the cognitive rampage? What motivates me to keep teaching people um, movement and, and trying to help people find their you know, their happiness and their, their joy and contentment and what, what, what moves us to do the things that we do. And is it just because I'm afraid that the world's falling apart? And when you said that, man, I just, I dropped cause I went, Oh my God, that's what I constantly feel like is this sense of urgency that everything's going to fail. But we live, we do live in this human body, right? I always say that we're spirits living in a, in a human body and, and that carnal nature is really important to recognize that we are supposed to, we're supposed to live in that body. Um, and so we can be all cerebral and sit there and talk about how enlightened we might become, but we're still living in a body. So how enlightened actually are we? We're not the sun. We're not living as photons. We're not doing those things, right? So to have our experience is really important and we get to decide what motivates us to do that. Are we, are we doing it because we're afraid of what might happen if we don't? Or are we doing it because we just genuinely care and want to create as much goodness around us as we can? And, uh, and I think asking those questions is important because it, it gives you a deeper connection to what you do, right? Maybe. There was a discussion about this a while back. <laughs> do you remember, Adam? <laughs> yeah, go forth. And, and is, is any act of goodness intrinsically good or is there some mm. uh you know like <laughs> Alex I, like, I was oh, gonna yeah. open i was gonna <laughs> open with we have to define what good means right is the idea of what what motivates me to do good now is do good mean sacrifice my nine to five type life because that feeds myself or does that mean bury my talent? I'll pull from scripture for those that follow that way. You know, do I put my talent into play or do I just bury it in the hole and wait for him to ask for it back? And I'm like, well, what, what do you mean? You know, uh, but I had to do this because, right. And how much of that is attached to it? Uh, what, you know, the, what motivates us, I think is a good question too, to start too. And then maybe breaking that down to, well, uh, you did try to follow it up though. I like what you do. You're like, look, you're being constructive. You're growing. This is what I mean by good, right? Like you fucking know, right? You know, good from fucking wrong. All right. You know, right. Now, <laughs> so damn it. Quit playing. And you know, it, and most, I think do right. I think most kind of feel that in a way, but when it comes down maybe to self is where we, we, we loosen up to where we go. Uh, I'm willing to play the martyr even, right? If it makes me feel good, I'm willing to say that, yeah, I, I sacrificed for my family, you know, mm -hmm. and a response to that generally is, well, the family's only as happy as the unhappiest person. So uh, if you're sacrificing unhappy, well, trust me, that's about where the average team median lies right there uh, in, in happiness. But uh, fuck, we all get lost in it, man. I, yeah. I, I don't yeah, want to yeah. sound like I'm coming from some fucking pulpit at all, you know, in, in any exactly. direction. Um 
talk. I don't know. You set me off. I, I, I like honestly that. don't think that there is an answer to this question. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, like, there, it, it's whatever you personally believe is your truth. I mean, can't, I, but it goes back to all that, you know, like free will and do we have it? Do we not? Like, um, so, and on an animal perspective, no, probably not. Everything we do is instinctual, but, um, you know, like where, where does it originate from? Where does any of the motivation, you know, and that was the question that you said, Alex, like, where, where is it coming from? What, what is it motivating? Like, I don't yeah. think there is an answer. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. But but there is an answer, I think, for ourselves, right? There's not an answer for each – For there's not like an umbrella that people can, can look at and say, oh, this is what it is for everybody, <laughs> right? And I think that's where philosophers kind of fall off the bridge is they're trying to find umbrellas. And, and those umbrellas a lot of times don't exist. And I'm really interested in it because my brain works in philosophy and it works – you know, I love the way that that, that stuff resonates, but – I think a lot of times I search for this thing that is like the holy grail of universal truth. And it, does it even exist, right? Does it exist? And, uh, and you can go back and forth where you find people and it starts resonating. You try, to, you try to get validation by bouncing ideas. And then you get that one person where it really doesn't resonate. And you go, ah, see, didn't exist. Not real. You know, there's 7 billion of us. How can it be real? And, uh, and so when you say the, or I guess I said it, when, when I said the good, um, that's the tyranny of words problem, right? So now, now we've got a definition that we have to define what good is. And, and I don't think we can because it's a subjective thing like Sarah's saying. So it's back to the individual then to define what the good is for, for them and how they can live with themselves with participating in it. And I think the biggest problem that, that you're getting frustrated about, Adam, with being afraid that the whole world is collapsing is that we're watching the people that, that unfortunately run the monetary system control what people perceive as the good. If making money, they perceive power, they perceive um, this showboatiness as good. And I don't think that's a good definition. <laughs> I don't think it's, well, I, I don't think it's different. useful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Preach on, brother. I, exactly right, man. I was, uh, I posted an article about what, uh, millennials found, uh, ages 13 to 17, what they found cool. And I was looking on it and obviously money, technology, these things were at the top and, uh, uh, interaction, social interaction type things, outdoor activities were near the bottom. And we all would have known this, et cetera. But I did pause. I almost did a fucking video on it because I was like, wait, wait, hold up. Cause millennials are always getting fucked with. And sometimes there may be a generation Z. I don't know even know if that's millennials. It may be. I'm, I'm not, I'm not up to date. All right. So, and so it's Gen Z, right? So 13 to 17, right? So it's no surprise that we can understand that. But then I couldn't help but immediately go, well, what's the epigenetic influence? What's the parents? What environment has been made? And if I have to look back and we look at divorces at 50%, and then you look at the number one reason people divorce is money. And second to that would be infidelity, but it's a further second. So money being the number one reason people divorce at 50%. Imagine the child and all he ever hears when the love of his parents that he just may feel or she may feel or parent uh, isn't there. It's when money's involved. How much did you spend? No, you can't buy that. I'm saving up for this. Wait till we can afford to go here and then we'll be right. You hear this influence to where 
no wonder the kid goes, well, of course money and all this interests me because as long as I have that, then mom and dad would have stayed together, right? Or uh, mom wouldn't have cried that night or I could have taken her to that place, right? And this drive becomes exactly what's been put around them. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, I, I get so terrified by the monetary system in so many ways because because of the motivation that it that it drives people towards. Yeah, the part which you the part that I really pulled from, man, that you said beautifully, I thought was um is what has been convinced what is good and what the mass as a whole has ingested in all its potency of what good means of what you're supposed to do. And if you don't do that, well, then you don't fit in. And I love the cliche, misery loves company. So it's why you meet the people. Like if you say, oh, no, I'm not going to have any children. They go, what? You're selfish as fuck. And you're like, wait, I'm selfish from a mythical child that's not even here right now. <laughs> right, right, you're automatically this selfish person. I'm going right in for the the kill on those things, right? Those are some of the most sensitive topics, right? Do people choose that life or choose this life? And I think when we look at it, rather than rather than I think an admiration as a whole, you know, looking back on man, that cool ass dude or that cool ass girl gets to live like that, man, that's fucking awesome, you know. And going, oh, you get to live like that, you see it like that, that's fucking cool, man. You know, I I'm rambling here, but I actually had a comment on one of the YouTube videos where the guy said, Adam, why do you seem surprised by everything when a guest says something? If you're really a trained mental health counselor, you should know some of these things that come out. And I, I mean, I said, what? You know what I should do is when somebody drops what they're really feeling, what they've put research into, and they're, they're behind it, I'm supposed to be like, yeah, I fucking knew that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, tell me something else, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pompous prick right now. So, uh, yeah, tell me something I don't know, bro. You know what I mean? I, I'm always like, if they're, if that's what I meant is like when people are sharing their, them, their, their perception, their, their pull from it. I'm always like, fuck yeah, man. You know, like Vince Vaughn and into the wild. He's like, all right, I'm there, man. We're in the wild. We're in the wild. Right. What are, what are we doing? We're out uh -huh. there. Right. What are, what are we doing? So that's kind of how I am with everybody that comes on. I was like, how the fuck could you ask me? I'm, I'm supposed to act like, yeah, yeah. And I, I knew this. I was fucking, I don't know what I was talking about, dude. I just want to, well, and how thing. much, how much more fun is it? To, and I've done this with people where they, they want to go down this hypothetical realm um, of a concept that hasn't been tested or existed in their life yet. And how many times have I just wanted to sit there and just go, yeah, let's go there. Let's go down that road. Let's see what that looks like. Uh, instead of just sitting there and going, well, that sounds like a terrible idea. Why, why would we ever want to go down that road? Instead, let's, let's do it now. <laughs> yeah. And see where it goes and see how we feel about it. And then maybe later we'll be like, oh, yeah, it was a dumb idea. Why stop it? Why stop it at the very front end of it if it's not going to harm anything and uh, and choke it off just because you think you know something more than the other person? Yeah, never take any uh, the another person's bet and never engage in anybody else's. Did you know? Because you're about to get that. Oh, fuck, man. You know, I'm, I was so that prick, too. When I was getting into this shit, I'd just be trying to hang out at a barbecue at a friend's house, man. And I'm all like, you know where that fucking meat came from, dude? Yeah, you know I mean, and, and dude's like, "Fuck, man! I just want to watch a football game, man." We're in some uh, fucking debate with your asshole cerebral self. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I'm that asshole a lot of times. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I try not to be, man. But sometimes I'm just that prick, dude. And I'm like, because I also walk around with the same openness to where if somebody points out, you know, 
you sitting in your studio, Adam, is killing you, as Dr. Jack Cruz said live to me twice on a podcast. And I'm like, shit, man, I got to get out of here. You know what I mean? I got to get some blue, red, and purple lights up in this motherfucker to open the windows, right? You know, I'm not sitting there like, uh, no, Dr. Jack Cruz, uh, I am comfortable dying in EMF. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's being that, being that open to it. So I've, I've found that to be much more exciting. Yeah. Uh, meeting people and going like, no shit, that's how you see it. It's crazy. It's fucked up. You know, I'm, but awesome. I'm into it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. like more light footed like that instead of, I don't know, people would call it all hippie-ish, right? If I'm just like, hey, that's what you're into. That's cool. Like you like spiders. All right. I'm not going <laughs> to be around you at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? It makes life more interesting. It's it's more open. It's more uh, connected. It's it's less about you at that moment, right? And and it's more about us, us. Yeah, and, we we forget that, brother. You you get me hyped up, man. You fucking can like call me like thirty seconds before every podcast. We'll do like a hype yeah, up let's do it. speech let's before do I go it. in. And just I'm start in. talking shit, and then you come in the background staring. You be like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the peanut gallery. It's okay. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Uh, you, are you kidding? You were the sacrificial lamb, you brave soul. You were like, all right, Adam, here's what the fuck I'm dealing with. Here it is, point blank. And I'm like, look at this brave soul. Just throws her shit out there. And the, I mean, anybody that decides to just not just post, but then in the middle of a live rampage on the tribe goes, uh, I'm scared of feeling like this. Okay. <laughs> You know, I, that for me, I'm like, fuck, I don't even do that shit. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't even do that. So there is there is no question here about the brave soul, really, who's not afraid to put their shit out there. Very end of that podcast or that pot, that uh, Facebook live stream. You're like, pick me. Pick me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that yeah. that's I brave. Feel like- to be honest, I feel like I've gotten in over my head. I'm just sitting here listening to you guys talk, and I'm like, yes, this is fucking awesome. Oh, shit, I'm supposed to participate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on this one, Sarah. You're definitely on this one for sure. I mean, but, you, you've been on all the Facebook Live rampages, putting your shit out there about, you're right, I got to deal with this, I see it. And it look, I'm going to use you again, Sarah, why not? Why do... <laughs> why do most of us sometimes I'm going to say most of us, damn it. Email me later that we, I totally lost my train of thought. I totally went left field. I was like 85. Everything. Yeah, you got it. There was like 85 things at once, man. Oh shit. I can't remember. Carry on. Forget the crazy guy behind the microphone, man. I walked this up all dramatic. I'm like, Oh, let us, let us drop. Let us drop. But see, I've been watching Sarah put me in my place the whole time I talked. So that's how I know you're an epic part of this conversation. <laughs> uh, it was too, man, you, you ever have that, those thoughts, right? When you're like, you're walking your way up one and then like 75 hits you at once. You're like, shit, I don't even know which way I was going. That's how you know uh, it's good. That's, that's how you know it's good. You, that's, that's, that's like literally how you like live your life, Adam. It seems like at least the, like w- what I get from your rampages, like that stream of consciousness, once you turn it off, it can't stop and it will go anywhere. Oh, you've noticed? Yeah, yeah. Those are my favorite ones because, like, (laughs) you get there. I mean, that's when I agree with you the most, man. Like, sometimes I'm like, what the fuck did I just say? What the (laughs) fuck? 
that I don't even think I, I know I drop like seven points, right? To where I'm like, I'll start a story and I don't finish it. I start an example, I don't finish it, and then I'll come back, maybe finish the second example later. I'm like, I make no fucking sense. Oh, this is fucking crazy. I would be like, that dude is on drugs. That's why we're brothers, Adam. <laughs> I always tell people I always tell people. Well, if I'm going to tell a story, you're going to have to deal with about 15 other stories in the middle of it because I have to make sure that you understand this little tiny part before I get to this other part of the story. And uh, <laughs> Oh, man, I drive my people around I'm me so crazy. Worried. I'm just so worried that they're not going to get what I'm saying because I need that validation. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, man. I God, I'm with you. You're like, so what happened today? I'm like, grab your coffee. <laughs> so it was uh, a brisk... Wednesday, right? I kind of got up normally. It was like 70 degrees in the house. Right there, I started telling the whole fucking thing. And I'm like, wait, what was I telling you? I just, I don't know, man. I, some may say I have ADD. Yeah, it doesn't exist, though. <laughs> right? We're just uh, normalizing a population of what we should be. And as long as you operate within here, you're not outside the abnormal spectrum. <laughs> I should. I'm fucking Stop off. shooting all over yourself, man. <laughs> I'm off the charts, man. I fell <laughs> off that shit, man. Uh, I think circling back, dude, we were talking about the fear, being able to put it out there. Uh, Sarah, you were putting yourself exactly what you were going, exactly what you were feeling uh, about what you were facing, kind of roundabout, but I could see that you had probably been in a position that makes good money, provides the health benefits, but you got this big idea. But I think all of us, I think, are afraid to even ask that. There it is. It came back. To ask what is that biggest fear, right? To even ask that question to ourselves, to, to really have to walk down that road, I think uh, myself included, right, is what is our biggest fear? We stay close enough with what is making us move, behave, and think in the present. This is happening to me right now, so uh, I got to worry about this. This is, this is the fear. And I think we pile on those present fears and beneath all that really to be able to function is really asking that question is what is my biggest fear? You're me. I wish I had the yeah. crickets. I wish I had the yeah. crickets thing. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying not to jump in front of Sarah right now. That's all. <laughs> Such a kind no, man. I mean, my, my video was a couple weeks ago, so you can go back and reference that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's happening now. It's yeah. happening now. No, I mean, you know, honestly, like, it, it, like for me, like, that night, it, like, legitimately, I – there were a couple other – influencing factors besides you know participating in that uh rampage but like you know my I really did kind of change like I I just said you know what I don't have to be afraid of these things and like like I was talking about my trip that I had last week um you know the biggest thing I learned is like I do constantly live in fear and, you know, identifying the fear is a hard part for me. And then, um, and then, you know, learning how to overcome it once you identify it is a little bit easier because, you know, if you have the, the, the skills to rationally like work through all this stuff, then, you know, you, you don't have to be afraid, but like identifying the fear, what exactly you're afraid of is like really what's been difficult for me. And, and I just had to say to myself, you know, what? I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to go do it. Like, and, and, you know, who, uh, for me, like, y'all were talking about the money thing, like, money is not important to me. Like, I mean, it's nice, like, you know, it's nice to pay rent and all of that, you know, once that's taken care of, I don't care. You know, I'd yeah. love to go out and have a beer or whatever, like, you know, that's fun. 
Um, but like, you know, it's really about, it, it, it doesn't make me happy in that sense. Like I don't have to be constantly going out and buying things like, so, you know, it's really about the experiences. Like, and I truly was so moved by just, you know, what if you are on your deathbed and, and you, you have to say, oh yeah, I'm really glad I worked this job for 20, 30 years. And there are so many people who, who I work with who are so miserable, but they can't get out because, oh, I want to pay off my house. I want to pay off my car. And it's like, you know, I don't have any of that tying me down. I haven't been in this that long. I can get out and I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So I am like, I went to work the next day. I was like, okay, this is it. This is, this is the end. You know, you did you, you fuck. Oh, oh, my God. God. I didn't quit, but I am minimizing my role because mm-hmm. there are still, you know, I still got to like at least be able to buy the rice and beans or whatever that I'm going to have to eat. Sure. <laughs> but, but I mean, I have like a workshop coming up that I'm going to be doing for, you know, um, for startups and, um, you know, and like, I'm hoping by the summer that I'm going to be able to get my product out there and get into farmer's markets. I mean, I'm just really passionate about like local and, and, you know, supporting local business and, you know, just, and I really want to incorporate somehow with my business, like, you know, advocating for mental health and all of that. So like, you know, I have this really great idea. I, you know, I haven't exactly executed it yet, but I am like much closer than I was. So, I mean, reach out to, uh, Alfred Munoz, uh, a tribe member for, uh, he, I uh, used to have his stuff all around here. I, I ran out of the, the crate of it, but, uh, the Mike Coatsy stuff that he does, they're in the farmer's markets. They're doing all that. That'd be a great, uh, resource to talk to about what, yeah. what to look for, what you're going to experience, et cetera. Uh, reach out to those. Uh, there's a whole group, man, a whole family of, of hippies. I love <laughs> that are running. Well, and that's the thing is like, that's the kind of community, like I want to be a part of that's like, you know, they're so connected and they want to help each other out. And then again, that change changing within yourself aspect, like, you know, influencing the other people around you because you chose to change your attitude. So, yeah. And that is what we call Sarah Hope's rampage right there. You see, we got, we got, got it out of her, Alex. Yeah, no, that's so brave, Sarah, man. Wow. No, I hear that. And I just, I just, I look at you with, like the utmost looking up respect because how many times do we, do we recognize our fear want for one? How many times do we immediately, immediately do something about it? That's incredible. That's incredible. I, I mean, well, you know, I guess I just had to get yelled at. <laughs> Especially if you believe that. <laughs> No, I mean, you know, I honestly, like, I wasn't offended at all, like, you know, and I don't think that you thought I was, but I mean, the, the, sometimes it just takes a little bit of force, just a kick in the ass, like, and that, that was really what it was for me, and, and, you know, it it really kind of revived my whole, like, being, just to be like, yeah, I can do this, who gives a fuck what, Ever else happens, you know, I'm just going to do it. And if I fail, at least I can say that I tried. Mm-hmm. I will never, ever know that if I don't do it. It's mm-hmm. so simple, but it's. I got to go do something right now. I'm hyped the fuck up. <laughs> oh I'm supposed to be building something right now, aren't I? What the, uh, what am I not doing? Uh, see, and this goes all the way back to that beginning of our conversation when we talked about travel and not travel, you know, because when you try to build something, you have to root down. You have to root down for a second and it's, I hear this stuff and I'm like, oh, you get really pumped up. And if you're constantly like floating all over the place, you're not going to be able to root down and do something about it. 
Oh. And uh, maybe maybe floating is so that you can learn, and then rooting is to use that learning. <laughs> ooh, right? ooh, maybe. Ooh. Quote maybe. that shit. T-shirts, <laughs> tweet that, whatever the fuck they say. Can you say that again? Oh, no, that's, it's recorded now. It's it's there forever. We'll just have to rewatch ourselves. I feel really <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> no, that, that <laughs> no. was pretty cool, though. I mean, like, I mean, that just just to uh, really being aware of what you're experiencing and maybe even while you're experiencing not saying, oh, in the future, I'll eventually settle down because probably, you know, if you're a, a lone wanderer, for lack of a better way to say it, uh, you know, you're probably not thinking about settling down, but like when, when it gets to that point where you want to put roots down and just make it happen, then you have all of these experiences that you can draw from and just say, yeah, mm-hmm. I can do this. Hi, right. person in the background. Hi, that's my sister. Hi, I'm sister in the background. Room. Who said hi? Damien. <laughs> we got random hellos on it. You know, <laughs> I, I was talking about, uh, I'm going to drop uh, something else we can paddle around here for a little bit. Is And it's, Sarah, again, perfect example, actually, is what you talk about is what in psychology or counseling they would call the aha moment, right? You have that moment of aha, which, again, has no scientific basis whatsoever uh but yet is studied and talked about many times and generally most theories of how you get to that aha moment of some kind uh, again i love that and i talk about a lot of times guilty as well sorry for the throat clearing people is the idea of this process right that if you pick any process that you have of whatever you want to do to get from a to b or a to c whatever that is when this I'm trying working out, when you work through that process, what happens at the end, right? Do you, do, does the process complete on two months, two weeks? Is it two hours? Is it, then what? When uh, really at the ultimately and generally speaking, that we really just change a belief. We've now created enough experience for ourselves to then convince ourselves that we're now allowed to change a belief that we once had. And we're really going, wait, I could have skipped the whole, I'm working on that. The whole I'm trying to get better at that, the whole process, this illusion of the process, if we are aware of that belief. Mm. Yeah. And maybe the awareness is only available if you're not afraid of that change that it might bring. Right. So to get rid of the process, how do you get rid of the process? So there's this constant talk lately about uh, it's the journey. (laughs) It's the journey. And sometimes I just want to shake people and say, you don't have to go through that journey. <laughs> right. You know, I'll look at my little sister and, and she'll, she'll have to experience something to learn something, but then I'll look at my parents and their experience. And I'm like, no, I'm going to learn from your experience. Cause I don't want to do that. <laughs> Let me just sit here and bash it out with you guys for as long as I can until I understand this. So I don't have to actually experience that experience. Cause that sounds terrible. <laughs> right. And, uh, Go ahead. Yeah. I mean that, you know, you say you don't want to, you don't have to go through the journey or whatever, but I mean, like take from that, you know, say, Oh, cool. Someone else already did that. That's awesome. Like now I know, like, I mean, but that's part of the journey, you know, like who who needs like this whole, like, like anybody who wants to do everything themselves is ultimately going to fail because it's going to suck. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) you know where I just found a perfect argument for my own stupid fucking theory, I just presented about the process. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, Adam, uh, if you want to play the guitar, all you need to do is believe you can. And then, bam, you'll have it. No process whatsoever. Yeah. Fuck. You know, 
but as a as a teacher and as a person who's who's Sounding really interesting, good. In, good. interested in in having to teach people stuff. If you want to learn the guitar, Adam, part of that thing is believing that you can, and then another part of that thing is being really excited about it. Because mm. if you don't have those two things, good luck learning learn the guitar. Yeah, that's right. You find the confidence, create the experience to become confident. Now, here comes my one of my rationalizations, right? You ready? Ready? Look at this. <laughs> I have literally two crooked motherfucking pinkies that go the either way. First, I tried the piano. Oh, see, look. Damn it. No excuse. I play, I play guitar, and I've been doing it for 15 years. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Do you see how the universe works for me? I'm like, here's my bullshit rationale. Damn it. That doesn't even work anymore. Shot that maybe shit. you can maybe you can use that to your advantage and become like a you know guitar player that plays with crooked pinkies and it's they like actually totally have YouTube different... videos. They have YouTube videos about playing a guitar with crooked pinky. I looked that shit up. The <laughs> piano was a little more difficult because I'm trying to hit this note and I'd be like, ding, both notes, and I'm like, well, in some era in time that'll be a useful. I like to think that I'm at the end of the evolution, not behind because I didn't straighten out. Because check this shit out, perfect. Phone holder. Bro. Oh, so, I why you win. Live for so long. You win. <laughs> See, I, does that mean I'm evolved? You win evolution. I have, a, <laughs> I, mean, I have a little iPhone development here. It could uh-huh. be like some sort of random genetic mutation that might last, you know, through the generations. Like, you know, oh, we'll have man. to. It's survival of the fittest. I mean, if if uh, our if our smartphones last forever, then you know maybe that will become like the you know bodily thing to it's so exciting i'm totally totally freaked the fuck out right now alan it's so exciting oh my god my pinky's not gonna be a pinky it'll be an iphone holder (laughs) in in like twenty thousand years or ten thousand years man i'm like that i'm the missing link all of us with because i was born this way man i broke them a few times but i was fucking born like this i think i was just not fully developed and came out that's what i'm gonna i'm gonna assume that one well, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm starting to get, see, I'm getting ramped up again because this thing that you brought up, uh, it wants, it, it, I've had this conversation with people a lot about talent versus, um, being able to learn anything, right? And what does it require for someone to learn something? And so I've been told my entire life and I hated it and I resented it so much because of all the hard work I put into, to learning stuff that I was talented. And I felt like it was other people's excuses on why they couldn't do something. So they would call me talented. Right. And not to mention the fact that I would sit in my bedroom for eight hours a day (laughs) to play guitar. How many people are willing to do that? Right. So, so what does it take? What does it take to learn something? And, And that's something that I'm interested in from your perspective, because you've had, you know, a look into how the mind works. And I've been interested in the super learner courses and all these things. Oh, we could create mind palaces. The more ridiculous something is, the easier it is to hold on to it and, uh, and all that. But, but at the base of it, you can't learn anything unless you're excited and interested in it. And, uh, and if you have that excitement and interest, then what's the next step? Okay. Well, you need a teacher that you believe in maybe, or maybe that teacher is you and you really believe in what you're able to access. So you've got this process and this journey. And however long that journey is going to take, it's going to take. But uh, the excitement needs to be there for you to ever get anything out of it. And if you're going to get that aha moment where maybe it's something simple, Adam, like you're gonna, you want to learn guitar. And you get an aha moment where all of a sudden it clicks. And now all these shapes and all these weird things that you're trying to do with your hands 
in one moment, one sweet moment, because somebody said something that triggers that, that release of information. Um, but what, what allows you to have that, right? What allows anybody to have that? And how are we limiting ourselves by, by making excuses about how somebody else is more capable of having it than you are, right? So yeah. I don't know what, what your thoughts on those things are. So. Yeah, you, you're right to the, uh, the myth of motivation, man, is the idea that there's a motivated or unmotivated people. It's kind of what you're saying with the talent, right? Is, oh, that's just a motivated guy right there. He's just so motivated, which indirectly means you're unmotivated or that unmotivated people exist. You asked in the beginning of this, right? Is what's your motivation and asking what that is. And I think knowing that motivation comes from whatever motivates us. If this moves me to get up, if this moves me to write, if that moves me to sing, to try this, if that's what motivates me, then fucking use that, right? And finding whatever it is that motivates you and losing the idea that, well, I'm just not a motivated person. I, I, I just don't do that. And that's like saying, oh, well, they're just so talented. You know, they're just, they're so talented. And that's another excuse. I think you're exactly right. And learning something I think we can learn things that we're not interested in. I mean, I went through high school sure, and I, sure. everything I learned there, I could give a fuck about. And I mean, I'm generalizing for sure. I love some of you teachers. You're awesome. And which is, is true. I think we can, but I think, um, when we learn new things, sometimes it's gives us another road that we didn't know. So right. when we do learn like, fuck, I don't really want to know about plastic, but, or this or that, you're like, wait, what the fuck? It does what, you know, then you're down this whole, this whole path. And I think that hint of interest, you know, you, you mentioned it is, is following that little hint of interest. When you feel that, that I hate saying feel it, you start to think it really, where you kind of go, man, I'm doing this. I'm man, I don't really want to do anything else but this. And as long as you're not killing yourself, right? Whatever the fuck it is you're doing. Everything in moderation, including moderation, right? But then continuing to feed that experience and continuing to create new ones with it, right? Not just the same old experience. I think that's why people get tired of their nine to five that does ro rotate in this pattern of what they do. They find comfort there. I mean, and I, I hate the correlation of nine to fivers and entrepreneurs because there's no fucking perfect life. I promise entrepreneurs like myself, we're pricks. We're, we're pricks and we yell at the nine to five people for selling the fuck out. And trust me, I couldn't do what a nine to fiver does on the, on the daily. Some brave motherfuckers. I mean, my, my hat's off, dude. You know what I mean? And I think if we looked on here, I start branching off again. I about started going if we looked at that. My circle back, hit the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> On, back to the new screen, man, is following that small interest, right? And then feeding right. it, but also being willing enough to go, hey, that was cool to experience for a little bit, but uh, I don't feel that enthusiasm every day. And I think people confuse excitement and passion, uh, I think, with the idea of really wanting to learn something. You know, that, that uh, you know, I want to play the guitar, which I have one and played by myself when I pull time, like meditation, I just play my own, in my own, you know, rhythms, et cetera, and just mess with it a little bit at a time because that's when I found it to be cool. I'd be interested in, uh, it's actually in my daughter's room anyway, so it's all hers, but I mean, but she's amazing, right? She would just hear something and then two minutes later, she's playing nothing else matters. I'm like, what the fuck? You know uh, what I mean? I'm like, she's talented, right? I'm bad. They're going, sure. man, she's got talent, you know, not the fact uh -huh. that she actually watches the video fucking plays the thing for a little bit. Right. Right. And, uh, it's hard, I think, to differentiate between what we think we're supposed 
to learn, what we're supposed to be excited about, the competence we're supposed to gain versus the competence we want to, right? I mean, look at schools, right? If uh, some of these most expensive private schools, shout out Community School of Naples, uh, $60,000 a fucking year, right, to go to school. And it's the idea of... uh of self-drive to what the, what the student pulls an interest in, they create a curriculum around that interest, be that music, art, et cetera, and funnel in the, in the direction. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Like, man, we should yeah. educate, you know, most people like that. Right. And right. man, I went the fuck off again. Sorry about that. No. And, and I think that, that it's a valid point because how much, how many times are we learning something, but all we're doing is just retaining information and then repeating it without actually understanding it. You know, and that's what I think our schools a lot of times do is they they don't really care if we understand it or learn it to the deepest sense of learning it. They just care that we're able to repeat it. And a lot of times when people want to learn something, they're not interested in, in going deep enough to actually learn it. They just want to be able to repeat it. So people that want to learn an instrument, they just want to be able to repeat something. They don't actually want to be able to create they don't want to be able to actually dive into that instrument and become a part of it and, uh, and know something about it. They instead just want to be able to imitate something that somebody else is they, they doing. Want to be the, they want to be the guy that picks up the guitar after the three beers on the weekend and pops out stairway to heaven. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. But what allowed that person to be able to pop to do that? No, right? no what offense. what, what no allowed offense. that person to be able to do it is, is they put in the time to actually learn and understand and, and resonate with that, with that thing, as opposed to, just putting some information in here and then repeating it kind of hey, lifelessly. And no offense right? to those guys. I love those guys. They make everybody no, fire the shit, you know, are, so no offense. I do it. I love playing those songs. <laughs> right, on. I, I can't do the freestyle poetry unless you're doing the guitar anyway. So I, I need you. We'll get together. We'll do it. I'll just, I'll just play chords underneath your, underneath your talk. Oh shit, man. Uh, that's always fun. So yeah, I, I scroll this over there. Squirrel. I scroll this over there about uh, no offense to people. I just don't want to get emails, man. Uh, but I think it's such an interesting topic, right? I mean, how do we how do we learn and and what's what's worth putting in here? Because we got to clear it out at times. And and uh, and whose journey are we supposed to be on? Are we supposed to be on somebody else's journey or our own with this learning stuff? And the yeah. program stuff's laid out in front of you, right? It's kind of, here's your path. All right. Welcome to the world. Very, those futuristic movies. Welcome to your world. Choose your path. You could be one of these. Uh, I think it was Black Mirror did something like that. Of You start to be, I forget the episode, but that Black Mirror episode, spoiler alert. No, I'm not going to say shit. Watch it. Just watch, just watch Black Beer, uh, is that robotic idea of breaking away. And you see even sometimes the entrepreneur, that's why I trash them too, is we then too put on the same uniform of this is what an entrepreneur is supposed to do. I watch this guy, I do this guy, I biohack this in the morning, I do my six breaths at the thing, and then I'm, I'm buying. So did I just put on the uniform you know, of entrepreneur the same way? And, oh, fuck, man. You always see that gets me where I'm like, fuck, did I? Did, mm-hmm. I, did I do that? <laughs> Shit. Uh-huh. Right. You're looking uh-huh. around questioning self like, fuck, did it? Maybe that's just a uniform I'm putting on in the same sense. Right. Or is would, right. We, would we create those constructs unless the environment taught us to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's really important to challenge those things. Am I doing this because I think somebody else thinks I should <laughs> like how many times did we do that? You know, I, I spent most of my young teenage life, thinking that I was supposed to be a touring rock star because everybody around me told I was told me I was. And, uh, and then I dropped it 
and everybody looked at me like I was nuts. They're like, oh, you're insane for dropping all that. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to, that's your talent. Oh. And I went, oh, come on. I can't get away. And and then I learned what I'm really good at is, is absorbing information and doing something with it. So that applies to guitar just as well as it applies to something else. And so I looked for the roots of where that stuff came from within myself. And I, I looked at everybody and I said, you're limiting me. You're putting me in a box and I don't want you to do that. And I think we all got to do that with the people around us and say, stop limiting me. Stop putting me in a box that you want me to be in. Stop making this a mirror that I have to be the reflection that you're putting on the mirror. You know, and that's, that's really hard for people to deal with. Um, and Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like stopping limiting yourself, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I think probably the biggest worst thing is probably people put limitations on themselves. It's, you know, another thing we were talking about, like where all that fear comes from is like, you know, well, I might not succeed, you know, there, you know, I'm comfortable here. So why would I branch out, you know, when I know that this is safe? Yeah, life's not about that, man. Like, I mean, we, we have only one. <laughs> Just do it. Oh. Yeah. Fucking Nike. Fucking Nike. Just do it. Yeah. Used without license. No. There can only be one life. I right. didn't mean it like that. No, I know. I'm they pop up. I say it my own shit. I I'll go on some rant and at the end I'm like, then you just gotta damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Not yeah, you might it. get sued. Uh yeah, well I would, but fuck did they put some marketing research into that shit, man. <laughs> Like, man, I'm like, I can't even say just, just do that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not the same oof, man. Not the same oomph, man. Oh, y'all, we could keep going. I, I think know. we're dropping some rampages. We've been going off for almost what? We started late as usual. So like 315. We've been like two hours at this shit. I'm glad we kept it kosher. I'm glad we kept it kosher with with uh, what what you do over at the cognitive rampage. We're two hours minimum. Every podcast I watch, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch Naughty and Jack talk. And I got on it live and I'm looking at my watch going, I got, I got things I got to do today. But right sorry. now, I, I'm just not going to care because this is worth it. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I just, I'm like, you know what? I don't wear a uniform to work. I don't do that. So I'm going to set an arbitrary time of what time our podcast is going to be. And like you said earlier with the ice cream when we started, uh, I know I'm not supposed to. <laughs> but I'm gonna be fucking late. I mean, that's that's like the beauty of podcasts, though, in general, right? I mean, like, look at hardcore history. You know, that shit's like six oh, hours long. Fucking love. I that haven't guy. even made it through one. Like, it's just like, oh lord. Like, I fucking but, love that dude. I fucking love Dan. There's the that is the, too. the throne of the microphone. That man, as he talks, and he brings you in with the dramatic speak of what it could have been. Now at the time. You're really hanging on. And there's times he pauses so dramatically. I'm like, I lost signal. What the fuck happened? <laughs> man, that dude's a fucking beast, man. The research. Oh, fucking shout out Dan Carlin. He, he does take, he does take like kind of really interesting segments of history that are like often overlooked and just gives you all the detail of it. And that like, I, I mean, there's one thing I know about kind of it's history. My degree is in history. So I was like, I get really excited about shit like that. And like, you know, he, he, he does that one on like manifest destiny that mm. is just like, it's talking about all, how, how, why and what, and it's like 
yeah, duh, why don't more people know this? You know, like, we need to be listening to this. This is what's happening now. Like, I mean. You just reminded me of one more question, actually. See, we're about to shut it down. If anybody listens, they also know that it always sounds like I'm about to shut the shit down, and then I go off for, like, another fucking 15 minutes. And so people that were clicking off now, they're like, all right, it's over. I don't need to hear that long, extensive goodbye. And, oh, no, you left the game too early, man. Encore, encore. No, it's just, it's like when you leave, like, God, the team's getting killed. I'm out of here. And then you're home, and you're like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Right? So it hasn't happened to me in, like, five years. But anyway. Uh, the, I asked that question the other night, which you actually just said, Sarah, which is if you had to pick one, are you a what person, a how person, a when person, or a why person? Mm. I'm pretty sure I know. I know mine. <laughs> Proceed, sir. What's yours? Oh, I think we've figured it out by the end of this podcast that I'm a why person. <laughs> You're, or, why, yeah. well, why? How stuff works, but then why? Why does <laughs> right. it matter? <laughs> why are you a why person? Why are you a why person? Now? Why am I a why person? Uh, I just, I feel like without the why, there's no purpose behind something. You know, we could have all the information we want on something, but without a purpose behind it, it really doesn't matter. You know, we're just living a, an a impermanent life on an impermanent planet that's hurling through impermanent space. You know, so why do anything if there's no why behind it? You know, sometimes there doesn't have to be, but but I think that if you're going to really put a lot of energy and effort, you better know the why. (laughs) If there was a concrete beginning why answer, would you want to know it? A concrete beginning? To where if the why spiral or the why rabbit hole actually had a bottom to where you really said, holy shit. With the why, would you want to know that response? I think we would all turn into dust and <laughs> and cease to exist. Maybe it's that it's that fear. Like if you know if if you if you go too deep into something, all of a sudden you're just gonna like realize, oh my god, I am what I'm experiencing, and I am ah, and it's like this crazy. You're looking at yourself in a mirror, and the mirror is the world and the universe, and then it disappears and it turns into nothingness, and everything didn't exist from the very beginning. It's that kind of like crazy why that I don't want to even know, Adam. I don't want to know if there's an, a start to the why. I'm not looking for the cake maker inside his own cake, okay? Woo! Whoa, shit. So if that doesn't come from me. That comes from another guy named John St. Julian. He said it, and I thought it was brilliant. Oh, man, and he quoted him. Good looks. So, Sarah, are you a how, what, why, or when person? I mean, I definitely, if I have to choose, is why, but I think all of them are so relevant. I mean, yeah. you, you, it's all incremental. You say, you know, what, how, why, like, I mean, you just, you just, that's the beauty of getting deeper and getting more knowledge. I mean, you, you know, you just, you just keep going. And like, to the point of like, if there was like an, an end all, like be all to existence or whatever, you know, if there was an answer, yeah, I mean, we would pretty much have to cease existing. Like, what's the point then? Like, <laughs> like, and yeah. there, there, there's that, the, I mean, like I said earlier, it's just the beauty of life. I mean, we don't know. And, and the best way to not know is to keep looking for why keep trying to find out, you know, get that knowledge. Like who cares what it's about? I mean, maybe like basket weaving will be like, you know, the thing that like 
makes you whole as a person if that's where it lands great know everything that you fucking can about basket weaving yes yes go ahead no i I was just thinking basket weavers get a lot of shit (laughs) oh really they do I've used, that, I've used that example with my daughter before. I don't oh. care if you want to do piano lessons or basket weaving. I'm like, fuck, am I a sexist? Oh. Yeah, I'm like, I'm being an imperialist sexist right now using these, oh. like, wait a minute, I'm totally tripping. I think it's sort of like, it can be sort of mindless, and it's just like, okay. You sound like simple. a wide person, though, Sarah. You sound like a wide person. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. I'm totally I, making I, this I, shit up, by the way. There is no such thing. I'm just totally making this shit up for reference here, right? There's no psychology science. There's no basis behind a what, where, and why person, all right, Joe? Well, it exists maybe, now. Oh, I mean, maybe fuck. there is. Maybe there is. We you just made it. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, we're all just particles, Adam, so you just made a new one. Son of a bitch added to the noise. Maddie Martin's going to be pissed at me. Yep, there you go. There you yeah. go. Leave me alone, Maddie. I, I think uh, if I had to choose, I would probably quote uh, my favorite quoting movie, uh, which would be Tombstone, and I would pull Doc Holliday's, and I would probably say, say when. And I think I'd be a say when person, I'm pretty sure, because just about when the opportunity presents itself or that feeling shows up uh, that I like to create in thought when I grab onto an experience, I then build something from it and I just go, uh, exit right here. Perfect. And I just go. And, uh, I think I'm a say win person. And to kind of close the podcast out on the idea of that, really to stay on it since we made something is if you could ask something greater than yourself or God, uh, and we'll leave it here or whatever that is, the universe, nature, if you could ask, how, what, when, why, or where, which one would you ask? You know, we're going to leave them with that, so. <laughs> That's deep. So how was it? Did you like it? Did you love it? Let us know. Go to thecognitiverampage.com. Feel free to contribute, donate, keep fueling the change, whatever it is that you guys can do to help continue to allow this to happen. None of this would happen without you and your love and your support and, of course, your contributions. Love you.